The Search for Silver Linings. Last October, which feels like a million years ago, I started seeing a therapist. Something had happened in my personal life that affected me deeply. I was angry and hurt. I just couldn't stop ruminating on the situation. But then, after about six months of sessions, something changed. I started looking at the situation differently. While I was still unhappy about what had occurred, I started finding little silver linings in the experience. In our sessions, my therapist had encouraged me to address unresolved issues I had always hoped would just disappear. But, as usual, they were just coming out sideways. She made me reevaluate how hard I can be on myself and help me develop self-compassion. Over time, these changes shifted how I viewed the original event that brought me to her. When I told my therapist about this new perspective, she said it was a sign of growth. It meant I was becoming more resilient. I was developing the skills I needed to continue on my path despite the obstacles in my way. A few weeks later, the federal government declared a national state of emergency. Suddenly, resiliency became a skill the whole world would have to master. A time to reflect. For a while there, life was much quieter. I'm sure you can relate. As my family and I sheltered in place and made face masks out of old t-shirts, I had a lot of time to think about the concept of resiliency. Upon reflection, it's a skill I've been honing my entire life. A few days after my therapy revelation, again, while the world was still normal, a local magazine reached out to me. They were writing a feature on Orlando's most influential women in law. Did I want to be included? I'm normally a little wary of lists like these. But the fact that this one focused only on women struck me as intriguing. I agreed to play along. They asked for a bio, which my husband, Carlos, volunteered to write. But when I saw the final product, it was all I could do not to rip it up. In the bio, Carlos had revealed something that many people in my professional circle didn't know. I never made it past 10th grade. When I saw this in writing, my first reaction was, oh no, this will blow my cover. Now the whole world would know that I had dropped out of school at age 16, a milestone that I had always been a source of shame. But then I remembered the conversation I had with my therapist. Was there another way to look at the situation too? There was. I could have become a statistic. Instead, I became a lawyer. I've accomplished things that are not expected of high school dropouts. Instead of hiding my story, I realized I could use it to show people that no matter what happens, you can still achieve your goals. Again, it's all a matter of resiliency. Every parent's worst nightmare. My childhood was tough. When I was nine, my brother and I moved in with my grandmother. A few years later, all of the anger and hurt I had pent up as a child exploded. I became every parent's worst nightmare. With all of the drinking, drugs, and fighting, 
I was lucky to make it to the 10th grade. At 16, my luck ended. I moved to New York and then New Jersey where I dropped out of school for good. After a few years of working odd jobs, making just enough money to party with some pseudo friends on the weekends, I came back to Florida to celebrate my cousin's high school graduation. As I watched them accept their diplomas, it hit me. I was a loser. While they were working on their future, I was working at White Castle. Something clicked. I decided it was time for the next phase. I needed to leave New Jersey and start over. Becoming Bertha. Growing up, people called me Tita. It was a childhood nickname that followed me through adolescence. In New York and New Jersey, people on the street called out, hey, Tita, when I walked by. But when I moved back to Florida, everyone knew me by my given name, Bertha. I decided to embrace my new identity, leaving Tita in all of her rage up north. As Bertha, I finished my GED, applied to a state college, and worked my way to law school where I earned a full ride scholarship, complete with an allowance for housing and food. For almost 15 years, I kept Dita and her rage hidden. But in my 30s, she came back. This time, she dragged me down even further than she had when I was a teenager. I hit official rock bottom. But as I've written in the past, there was a silver lining to that night I spent in the jail cell. I finally found my purpose. Experiences like these were the last thing on my mind when the virus hit. A complete change of pace. Before COVID, our business was growing like mad. I barely had time to wave at my kids and husband in between client meetings and networking events. I stopped making time to meditate and practice yoga, using my busyness as an excuse. My stomach issues flared up again, a telltale sign that I was not taking good enough care of myself. But I soldiered on. When it became clear that the virus would change the world forever, I went into survival mode. I became a robot, focusing only on what I needed to do to keep my family and business safe. But after stocking up on toilet paper and filling out my PPP application, I suddenly had a lot of time on my hands. Like so many people in the world, everything stopped. Now I had time to meditate and practice yoga. I was able to tackle a list of marketing and administrative tasks that had been on my business to-do list for years. But even more important, I've had time to connect with my family in a way that was never possible before. I never thought a pandemic could have a silver lining. But the other night, as my family and I were wrapping up a long dinner together, I realized I had found one. To be fair, not everyone has had such a wonderful pandemic experience. As of writing this, more than 115,000 Americans have died and millions are out of work. For many, this is a time of pain, hurt, and anger. But as I reflect on my own past feelings of pain, hurt, and anger, I realize that every negative experience has left me stronger and more aligned with my true purpose. Of course, you have to live in the moment, grieve and feel your pain. But when the dust settles and the tears dry, you also have to keep moving forward. 
If I hadn't accepted this, I might still be Tita, working a dead-end job and hanging with people who didn't always have my best interests in mind. I might still be ruminating on the negative experience that had sent me to therapy, letting it cloud over my life. We're all only starting to learn what this virus wants to teach us, but I hope that all of us around the country and world emerge from the experience stronger and more resilient than before. If anything resonated with you in this episode, or if you have an idea or anecdote you'd like to share, use the link in the show description to leave me a voice message. It may get included in a future episode. If you're a lawyer or managing partner and would like to collaborate or chat about a case, please visit our website at berezolaw.com and schedule a meeting with me. And if you're a young professional focused on leveling up or an entrepreneur looking to disrupt or make your own wave, I'm open to being inspired and hearing more about your vision. So you should get in touch too.